RadioInfluence.com. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the Friday edition of the Dark Delight Podcast with New Year Val and Beans. So, New Year's Eve is tomorrow. It's the last full quote working day of the year. And I want to start out the show by saying it is the Citizen Free Press yearly annual fun drive. There's one day a year, one couple day period a year where they bust their butts to fund their operation. And I always like to try and help them out because they are fantastic over there. Um, I've said it a bunch of times. If it weren't for Citizen Free Press, millions of people wouldn't have seen any of the journalism that we are doing because we were censored everywhere. And they have been a beacon for good journalism. I mean, the stuff they've got on there, we're going to go through a bunch of it today. But head on over to citizenfreepress.com. Consider giving them a little yearly hat tip and helping their operation go. They run no ads. They're 100% supported by people that read the site. I heard that their that their yearly metrics were incredible. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, I read it on the on their site. Yeah, three billion page views, one hundred and twenty percent growth in twenty twenty two after one point four billion page views last year. That is some serious traffic, very serious traffic. So. Uh, Baron Trump is almost seven feet tall now, and he turned sixteen on March twentieth. That's. He, he's six foot eight. <laughs> he, when, when he's done growing, he's going to be 18 and a half feet tall. That's insane. I wonder if he's got some kind of like something pituitary going on or something. I don't know, but that's that's crazy. I mean, he's only what? He's only 15, 16? 16. Maybe he's Nephilim. <laughs> Frank? What? <laughs> it is Friday. <laughs> Maybe I, I don't know. Maybe so he, there's like some some biblical thing going on that it, it, it not necessarily. Who knows? Maybe there's. I don't know. You you uh, you need to lay off the. <laughs> I don't know. Seven foot tall, sixteen year old. It's pretty crazy. It is. Yes. It is. Um, Citizen Free Press gives us this morning as our clip of the day, a woman with a fanny pack attacking a car. She's trying to pull her out of the car right now. She's screaming. She's going to beat the living daylights out of the car again in a second. And then she's going to run to the sidewalk and scream as though Donald Trump just won the presidency again. Here she goes. Ready? <laughs> Did you see the Waffle House brawl? Oh yeah, well, I mean, Waffle House brawls—that's just that's just what's on the late night menu every night. But the one that was caught with the per- woman who caught the chair, yeah, I saw that one. That woman sure. threw down, and she like matrixed them with her hands. <laughs> she was like, "Come here, baby." That, that should be a showstopper right there. Where everybody's like, "Okay, she's cool." I wouldn't have gone after her after she threw down like that. Why did this chick do that to the car, though? I, I have no idea. A couple of toes. No idea why. No idea. All right. So everybody knows what's been going on with Southwest Airlines over the past couple of days, right? Yeah. 
um, we have like more of an inside scoop because I was meaning to do this Wednesday, but didn't do it until today. Southwest has given a statement. They did this yesterday. No, they did this today here. So Southwest declaring the issues resolved and will resume normal operations by tomorrow. This after the airline canceled more than 15,000 flights in the past week, stranding passengers, luggage and employees. Mike Tobin is at Chicago's Midway Airport, the Southwest hub. Mike, what's going on? Well, we're getting a bunch of nuggets out of Southwest executives right now. This after they promised that the airline will resume normal operations with minimal disruptions tomorrow. Uh, they're now saying that they're going to look at uh, changing some of their interline policies. Uh, the executives at this point are, are declining to give an update as far as the financial impact, but they say it's going to take a while until they can start making restitution to all these people who have been impacted by this major travel disruption. And they say it will definitely impact the airline's uh, fourth quarter earnings report. They're going to have to give back all the money that people spent on the flights, plus pay for their accommodations, pay for their rental cars, pay for their. They have to. They have to. So how many millions are we talking? Oh, God, I wouldn't be surprised if it was more than millions. Billions? Think of how many people traveled and then think of how but much. So, so is this just Southwest? I it, mean, there's I heard that there was tens of thousands of flights canceled over the last week. Is this just the most extreme? Uh, is this most extreme case, or is this happening across the board? Southwest. It wasn't a. It was started as a weather problem, but it wasn't a weather problem that caused their problem, and that's what we're going to get into now. Southwest oh. employees started a Reddit, where they could give everybody insider information and tell them what was going on. On behalf of all employees, we're so sorry. I'll give it to you straight. This meltdown was caused entirely by Southwest. It was triggered by the storm, but the failure to recover quickly is on Southwest 100%. If you're still hearing weather almost a week after the storm, it's not true. Couple of main points. One, please be patient with us. We're, we desperately want to do everything we can to get you where you're going. Two, this S-storm is because the crew scheduling software went belly up and it almost all has to be unraveled over the phone with crew members calling scheduling. If we had better technology, which eliminated the need for phone calls, this would have been fixed by now. Three, if you were able to find alternative transportation to your final destination, do it. Another airline, bus, train, lift, rental car, anything. Southwest will not be able to get you to your destination anytime in the next few days. Now, this is from a couple days ago, by the way. Okay, I was going to say. Yeah. Jeez. Don't check your bags unless you absolutely need to. Take them as a carry-on. And then I found the Reddit, and there's a whole bunch of posts on the Reddit that I wanted to go over with people because I find this super interesting. Can we call them Southwest and on? <laughs> yes. Okay. Southwest and on says from a former senior software engineer at Southwest Airlines that was responsible for fixing, maintaining, and keeping the software running that scheduled flights. Why is Southwest Airlines behind in technology? Because they say senior middle management isn't adopting new innovation and misreporting mis to C-suite leadership the actual problems with the architecture and software. 100% non-technical people assessing a technical issue and reporting on the potential customer impact. They think of themselves as an airline first and not a tech company, but in today's world, every company needs to be a tech company first or meet the same fate of Blockbuster. <laughs> oh. 
directly at fault. Well, answer the application that manages the scheduling of crew members and pilots called crew and other APIs and services went offline due to its outdated software packages and overutilized server resources like memory, CPU and disk space. Jeez, I hope the software on the planes is up to date at least. Right? Jeez. Crazy. Who's responsible, this guy says, who used to work there for these people? Senior Director of Technology Services and Operations, Senior Manager Technology Services and Operations, um, management that supports the circle of trust to keep things secret and bury issues because they're too lazy to learn something new. Now, we move on to what makes Southwest great for a lot of people, their staff. Everybody I've, I've come into contact with has said, I love flying Southwest because they're so nice. They're so great to their customers. They treat them so wonderful, blah, blah, blah. Here is a flight that actually left from Nashville, Tennessee. This is a captain that is catching a ride. He volunteered to help the flight attendants and asked every passenger if they needed anything and walked the aisles multiple times collecting trash and talking to passengers. There he is, Captain Hero from Southwest. Then my customer service agent cried after I thanked him for his help. Please remember to stay kind to your customer service agents. They're also going through a lot right now. They aren't the ones who caused this issue. The higher ups are the ones to blame. They also put out a, a whole big message, apparently, saying if anybody calls out sick, you're fired unless you have a doctor's note from an in-person doctor's visit, not a virtual one. Yeah, you know, whenever I call up any kind of an organization, whether it be a bank or a service provider of some sort, a uh, cable company or anything like that, I always try to keep in mind the person I'm about to talk to is not the one who did this. So I I, I have to preface that because I can't hold myself back. Of course, I have no I have no control. Yeah. Uh, in many cases. So I will I'll tell them multiple times throughout the call. I just want to remind you. This is not your fault. You're employed by assholes. And, and you know, I and I'll just I'll just say it's the company behind you. I can and I'll and I'll <laughs> I still get pretty crude at times, especially if the problem is really severe or chronic, especially when it comes to billing problems. Oh yeah. Yeah. But I I always keep in mind to continue to disclaim this is not you. The and please excuse me, I'm just upset. The problem, th that problem got like, if you go to, if you ever surfed TikTok at any point over the past two years, customer service representatives are actually recording themselves on calls with customers and like putting it out there, like what they have to go through every day. I was in customer service when I was younger. I never had a customer problem. service and on customer service and on. Yeah, there's always an and on, isn't there? Um, hold on. Crying at an airport bar. I'm too old to be crying in public and I need to write a little something to you guys as therapy. Last year, I moved a thousand miles from home for the first time at 29. Full stop. You shouldn't just reevaluate, please. It bothers me that this person is crying at an airport bar at 29 because they can't get home. For, and, and it's for the holidays? Yeah, but you're 29. You know, shit happens. I don't know. Yeah, well, it, it well, it all. Did, did they say that it was like a uh, a special kind no. of holiday? Was it a a, a no. rough year? Or what I mean, no. sometimes it could just be that you're at your breaking point. The holidays. And you, 
No. No. The holidays no, are such an emotional time, even in a normal situation. This whole fiasco brought it to another magnitude. I read today at least a million people were affected by this meltdown. Oh, okay. Well, then you just got to... Suck it up. You, you got to suck it up. You have to. I mean, have another drink. Yeah. But it sounds like a girl. How Is this you... a girl? No, I don't know. Why would you say that? Could be a man. I don't know. I, crying in an Men airport Men today bar. are like that. It's true. This this one, we'll, we'll end with this one, Frank. You're going to like this. Man extremely happy to find his checked bag. Oh, good. Patrick Keene let the whole airport know how it feels. Sorry, it's been a week. <laughs> I just haven't had this bag in a week. I've been wearing other people's clothes. I want to wear my wardrobe. It's New Year's Eve week, and now I'm going to go out, and I'm going to party like it's 2023. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> Good for him. Good for him. There's nothing worse. Nothing worse than having to check a bag and, to, and playing the lottery like that. I can't stand the carousel. Oh, man. It's great when you're finally just out of there. Yeah, I um, I lost. I had my luggage lost on me one time. And it was hell. It was hell. And they left it in LaGuardia unattended for like weeks. And, and when I got there, mostly everything was gone. It was terrible. Mm. And then Delta was the airline wanted me to fill, give them receipts for all of my stuff. I'm like, who has receipts for the pair of diesel jeans they bought two years ago? Really? Diesel jeans. Oh a, man. Do they still make diesel stuff? No, I don't believe they do. But that was when I was, I, would, I got engaged on that trip. It was 16 years ago now. Wow. Yeah. Diesel shoes. I, I, I oh I, I never owned a pair, but all my friends had them in, in high school. So I can I can pick them out a mile away. And then everybody really? started trying copying a diesel shoes design. Like I had a pair of sketchers that kind of mimic the diesel shoes with like the squared off fronts and oh man. Diesel. Mm-hmm. Cologne. Mm-hmm. I you like remember, you remember what was the other the, the, the was it curve? Yeah. Curve. Curve. My curve husband was, wore curve. Oh. People were drinking curve for two years <laughs> at least. It was so it was all over the place. They put curve in their cereal for like three years. <laughs> in their Chucky Larms. <laughs> it was in their Chucky Larms. Whoever I wish I had that meme handy for the Chucky Larms cereal. A lot of new people don't know it. Um somebody did a whole big post about the implosion of Southwest from within. The history of Southwest. I mean, it's just a good subreddit, so I'll share it. Moving on from there, we got the release of plenty of transcripts from the J6 hearings. I heard even Ruby Freeman's in there. Ruby Freeman's in there, and I've been... I don't know if anybody has, has singled this out yet, but there's a video floating around purporting to be of Ruby Freeman confessing to everything that she did in 2020. Was it the old, it's a new video or was it the old video of, of uh, you know, taking people around her workspace? No, it was her in some weird, like on some patio or something outside of a home, it looked like, if that's the video. The problem I had was whoever is hosting this video on their news website is 
so polluted with video ads that I don't know what the video is and what's an ad. And I am certainly not going to sit there clicking on all of those links. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But if anybody knows of that video, please uh, pass it my way, I guess, in its standalone form. But yeah, interesting they released a transcript. But more interesting to me, Frank, is that they released the transcript of our, my friend and yours, (laughs) joke, Ray Epps. Oh. And if I've ever seen a damn witness coached in my life, it's this 97 pages right here. First of all, anybody with a brain knows, I don't know anything about Ray Epps. Could Ray Epps just be some innocent man with a bullhorn directing everybody into the Capitol? Maybe. Could Satan be misunderstood after all these years? (laughs) Who knows? Could Baron Trump be a Nephilim? Oh, oh, no, no, no. An Anunnaki or whatever you said. I don't know. No, see, now I'm telling you that that might be real. Don't don't play around. What do we you could, mean? You could you could be upsetting our future ruler when he comes to reclaim his rightful throne in twenty forty four when he's thirty five. <laughs> I can't. You know what? I had I have a daughter his age who happens to think he's pretty attractive. Maybe we can maybe we can make that happen. Yeah, Viv is is shorter than you though. So do you do you know what that would look like stacked up with a seven <laughs> foot seven and a half foot tall man? It would it would I mean he's going to be as tall as that that guy at the, the the Ripley's Believe It or Not down by you. Chucky, my sister just sent me the Chucky Larms meme. But what is inside? I mean, obviously, any anything that they release over here at the end, a transcript that they have provided for the public of this very um controversial mysterious man ray epps which in a, a in an alternate universe is pretty has become a seth rich figure that they control um what is what 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 is this all about like what's the crux of the 97 pages have you gotten through all that i've gotten through about 20 and i'm already fed up so let's start okay Starting off, please tell us a little bit about yourself. He says he was born and raised in Mesa, Arizona. He did some college, things that I needed, business, personal finance, that kind of stuff. And then they ask him, tell us a little bit about your career. Tell us what your first career was and walk us through your career progression. So he says, so after I got out of the Marine Corps, I went into roofing and I was a journeyman roofer for a few years and then became a foreman. And after that, I opened up my own business probably in about 1980, maybe 86. Yeah, 86. Okay, six-year difference there, whatever. Off and on, we followed the work. I ended up in Vegas where I met my wife, and we were married there and moved back to Arizona. I might have missed this. How long were you in the Marine Corps? Four years. And what was your job? He was infantry. Okay. Were you ever, did in the Marines or in the job that you just discussed, did you ever work in law enforcement? He says, no. Did you ever work for the FBI? Very interesting choice of words. He says, no, sir. And then he says, Mr. Epps, we're not the, this is not the first time we're interviewing you. Is that correct? And Epps says, no. We met with you back in November. Is that right? When in, in God's name, and you can look at any other transcript, do they give people the answers to the questions in the question? Find one. Find one. They don't do that. 
So today we're going to go through a lot of the same topics we went through in November, okay? So just to kind of give you highlight where we're heading for today. The first thing I want to talk about is I believe you were a member of the Oath Keepers at one point. He says, I was. Can you please tell us how you came about joining the Oath Keepers, how long you were in the Oath Keepers, and your experiences in the Oath Keepers? And he says, there was a, oh geez, I think it was called the 9-12 March, and I think the Tea Party took credit for it or tried to take credit for it. We, I took my dad to Washington, the first I'd ever been to Washington, and we met the Oath Keepers there. We attended a dinner, and I thought they were pretty stand-up guys. They were law enforcement, prior law enforcement, prior military, and other people that wanted to know about more about the Oath, and so I joined up with them. What year was it that you joined the Oath Keepers? You know, I'm thinking it was 2009, 2010, somewhere around there. And how long did you stay with them is the question, and he says a couple years probably. Did you have any roles while you were a member of the Oath Keepers? I oversaw Arizona as a chapter president. That's not, nor, that's not, listen. That's pretty significant, no? Uh, right. I'm not saying the Oath Keepers are a bad group. I'm saying they were infiltrated by freaking Intel assets, okay? So this guy's overseeing the entire state of Arizona, and they're like talking to him like that's, that's, first of all, from their perspective, okay? We have to pay attention very closely here to how we're going to frame this or otherwise people will get confused. From the committee's perspective, Oath Keepers is a domestic terrorism group. Yes, from the committee's perspective. Right. Yes. Here's a guy who just told you that he runs ran Arizona himself, oversaw Arizona, and you know, because you have video evidence, that he was at the Capitol the night before and the day of the only one that we've seen encouraging people to storm the Capitol. To f He's the only one we've seen doing that. The only one on camera actively encouraging people to do what happened the next day. Through, through every phase of the action down there over the course of like 48 hours. He shows up in multiple places. He's whispering in people's ears like he's worm tongue. And in and he's and he's also just like it's like braveheart scenes. Right. So I there's no way to really there's no way to to explain this away other than he is a a, a very tightly kept tightly held asset for the people who are putting on this ridiculous Broadway play. And now as they are shuttering their doors and windows because the, the the hands of power are about to change over there in the house. They're leaving all of these ridiculous, fluffed up, nonsensical uh, blog posts and these plays, these scripts le left behind, these transcripts. It, it's so It's so stupid. You would think that and 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 let's let's just get into this next part and it's not going to be too too much longer of reading through this but i i need to we need to make these points frank you would think that the committee would want this man's scalp and want to understand what in the hell possessed him and make more of a big deal of him overseeing a state on behalf of oath keepers he says this they ask him why he left right he says there was a push not a push steward wanted to there were some things going on in Washington and Portland. I think it was Portland. It was Portland. 
I think that's when Antifa had first come out and we were seeing a lot of things. They were burning things and doing different things on the news. And he thought that it would be wise if we were to go there and try to direct them, get in with them and direct them to do things other ways. I didn't agree with that. So we kind of split ways. Tracy, there is a website. I forget what it's called. Well, that's helpful. Uh, I, yeah, I have to. <laughs> I because I, I was talking to a friend about it not too long ago, and um, we know someone, or he knows someone, and he was he was telling me that uh, this person is becoming more and more nervous about being potentially arrested. Someone who never even went into the building, but was on the campus and all that stuff, and how at this point. There is still about 500 people who's ha- who have their faces on this particular, I think it's like Insurrection Watch or something. I have no clue. I have to go find it. But it's a website that is uh, an amalgamator of where all of, or aggregator, I should say, of all of the faces that have been taken off of the, the uh, security camera footage at the Capitol that are still outstanding. There are still hundreds of people who are going to be hunted down by feds over the course of the next God knows how many months. Uh, I mean, many of them are just going to get trespassing uh, charges. It may just be probation and a fine. Some people might get a month in jail. And we're not talking about. Yeah, but but still, this is this is there's a hunt that is still going on. They are looking for everybody whose face pops up clearly on these these cameras the way that they have circled the wagons around this one man when nobody else is getting a chance at redemption is absolutely damning it's so weird it's not normal agreed agreed so let's let's just say this ray epps left the oath keepers in quotes because the oath keepers wanted to try to infiltrate Antifa and get them to change their minds. That's what he said. So he says now, Ray Epps says they were too radical for my liking. Then they move fast forward from the couple years you were in the Oath Keepers to the 2020 election. The problem is they go back to the Oath Keepers in a minute. But the problem is, Ray Epps, that if you joined the Oath Keepers in, what did he say, 2009 or 2010? The Antifa Portland stuff was happening when? 2020, 2019, 2020? Years later. So it wasn't years a couple later. years, Ray Epps. It wasn't three or four years. 2010 is still a year before Occupy Wall Street started bubbling up. Right. That was the that was the that was version one. Right. Antifa wasn't even a thing. It was Occupy. It was Occupy Wall a Street. A year later from 2010. Right. And that's when you could still actually debate those people because I was in one at St. John's Theater in New York City. It was Occupy versus Tea Party. I was in it with David Webb and Pamela Geller and a whole bunch of other people. And it was the Tea Party versus the Occupy movement. Anyway, they had issues with the 2020 election because he got a bunch of ballots at his house that he didn't request and he didn't know who lived there and it never happened before. And then Adam Kingjinger goes back and says, just to go back a second, I'm going to go back to the Oath Keeper answer. You mentioned Stewart. Does that refer to Mr. Stewart Rhodes? Oh, that wasn't Kingjinger. I'm sorry. 
And he says, yes, sir. And they said, is that who the head of the Oath Keepers at the time when you were communicating with them? And he says, yes, that's their president. And then they go back to it again and they say, um, hey, Mr. Epps, this is King Ginger. Kinzinger. <laughs> hey, Mr. Epps, just real quick, because I don't want to go back to the Oath Keeper thing again after we moved on twice. Just when you talked about the Antifa side of things, were you saying his goal was kind of to infiltrate and influence like partner? Or was it kind of influence and sabotage or stray differently? If you know that answer, I was just wanting to know. And Epps says, I believe he was going to try to turn them to our way of thinking. What are you laughing at? What's funny? <laughs> Well, I don't know. The, mo- <laughs> the mods in the chat room need to do a little work right now. What mods? Hold on. I don't know. I don't know. There's a mod. Damn. Oh, oh boy. Oh, t- can't we all just be nice? Why can't we? Why can't we just be nice? Seriously. <laughs> I love. I love how she said good morning all first. Oh, oh man. Yeah. There's there's a a bot in the chat room. That's that's a, not a bot. Obs- obscene things and um it just caught me off guard <laughs> just don't look if you have children in the room okay oh go my ahead, Tracy. god that's terrible it's, a, it's so extreme go ahead tracy i'm, <laughs> I'm sorry muted her, but i can't get rid of that i'm sorry no no i look over and your face is just red <laughs> you are a child frank sorry <laughs> it's it's like you know what this is this is like me going to the old the old boys school in 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 high school and it's just that's why when i see uh you know a a phallic image written on a wall somewhere it's almost like endearing to me now and i i think it's but at the same time this was uh okay Everybody yes. just type a bunch in the chat to get that to scroll up. And yeah, so scroll it away. People scroll don't away, need everybody. to look at it anymore because she seems like she's got a personal issue she needs help with. And she's not going to find that help in our chat. That's for damn Right. Sure. You're right. <laughs> okay. Anyway. So the whole, this is where I got to about, oh, I got past here. They talk about Jim, his son, how they went to DC. Basically they're, they're coaching him. They're giving him throughout this that I've read. They will give him his answer first, Frank. And then they will ask him the question. They give him his answer in the question. They keep him in there for less than an hour and 97 pages. And then they let him go. And then you've got Mastriano in here who refuses to be questioned because they don't follow proper procedure. His is 13 pages long. You know, they ask who, um, who is the, the, who is the, are the two people that are actually like in charge of the deposition? They won't answer him. So the attorney's like, I don't know what your deal is, but this is not how a compelled deposition is supposed to happen. We're out of here. Sayonara. And they leave the Zoom. And then they enter into evidence like 13 or how many ever many exhibits that they had for him. Do you remember how long it took us to get the transcripts from the Hipsy investigation? Oh, I could... Actually, no, I don't. It was so long ago. It was but years I, it took. Years. Man, oh, man. Years. But let me, okay, so let me ask you this. I know about the, 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 uh, I don't know, I guess the retracted subpoena for Donald Trump. Yeah, but. Um, they already, they already uh, suggested 
or recommended criminal or indictment. So obviously that's just something I know that there's there's a changing of guard here. Yeah. What does that mean in January? Is this going to be disbanded? Oh, Is yeah. it going to completely or yeah. can, but Republicans can reopen it and they can access everything that they were doing or so, what? Depending on what they've done with everything. Yes. Um, you know, there's a lot of people on this J6 committee. Staffers and such who are angry with the people that ran the committee, very angry with them because they really felt like misguided completely. They were doing some noble work here on this committee, trying to get to the bottom of what happened on January 6th. And none of what they worked on for two years was even used. And they, I mean, they spent days and days and days on this. I mean, days, years on it every day. That's all they did. And now they were basically just told we're going to take all the highly political stuff and throw it out there for people. Like, they're pissed. But the reason, in my opinion, that the Trump subpoena was withdrawn was because the committee's gone after Monday. Yeah. Yeah. It's not that that some, was the most obvious. Yeah. I don't, it's not some like, oh, Trump, like, no, they, they just, they, they withdrew it because they don't, they're not going to have a committee anymore. And they put their report out and they've already referred them for criminal charges, like you said. So they've already announced that the, the committee completely disbands. It's not just that the, the, the majorities on the committee, those who are holding it, uh, the, the chairperson and all that stuff, that is not just going to shift. They're going to just shutter it and throw it away as they leave. I can't imagine that they're going to keep it open as a committee to do something. I mean, I can't imagine. Maybe they will and they'll change it to the right way a committee's supposed to be run. I don't know. But none you're of the, the people on there are there anymore. You, you, Kinzinger is gone. Cheney's gone. That's, that's why I'm saying, you know, I would think that how everything that they do is just politically calculated to be like a, a headline that could be, no matter how weak it is, that, that you would just allow 2023 Republican class to come in and you know throw away the subpoena themselves, shutter the door themselves, so that they can go out and tell all of their friends in the media to say, "Oh, look, of course the Republicans come in and they try to sweep hmm. everything under the rug." Yeah, I, I, you would think that they would just allow them to go do that for themselves, just because it's just one another one of those little tiny political mouse traps. That's interesting. I was, just, I was yeah, I was surprised that they that they, they withdrew it themselves and didn't leave it up to their friends to have the hot potato for a little while. Um, I That's a great point. I'll have to keep my eye out for uh, for what, what goes on there. Like why, if there's a reason. Or maybe they just wanted to hide everything, Frank, so they closed it down themselves. Yeah. Who knows? I don't know. I don't know. Um... <laughs> James Baker is the devil. Do you ever see, what is it? What movie is it? Happy Gilmore or something where Kathy Water Bates. Boy. Water Boy. The devil. The devil. It's the devil. <laughs> James Baker, Turley has a thing out. Journalist David Zweig has reported that the former uh, FBI general counsel and former deputy counsel at Twitter, Jim Baker, flagged an optimistic tweet a former President Trump on COVID as possible misinformation to be censored. It was the tweet where he was coming out of Walter Reed after having COVID and getting, um, what did he get? He got, he got, was it, it wasn't Rendesivir that he got, was it? Hold on. Uh, no, no, no. Who, Trump? Yeah. The Regeneron. Regeneron, right. 
He got Regeneron and he was like, I feel better than I have in decades. <laughs> He's like, don't worry about it. You'll be okay. It'll be fine. Everything's good. Flag that tweet for misinformation. He can't be optimistic about his own health. That's a get the blasphemy. No, no, it's impossible that he feels good. <laughs> He's just a liar. He's misleading everyone. I, I can't. I, I really can't. And we had a little bit of a breakthrough. I mean, we've had a breakthrough over the past couple days. You remember uh, John... Um, I can't remember his... Campbell. John Campbell. He was the doctor. He He's a doctor. He has the British accent. We listened to him on COVID a couple times. And he was always like pro-vaccine. And people were always like, he's got millions of subscribers on YouTube. He's very data orientated. You'll remember his voice when I play this clip. He he found the first kind of dump of Pfizer information and started really digging after that because he was like, something's not right here. And he's finally yeah. just done this. And we're going to listen to it. Program. Because, hold on. Retired clinical nurse, nurse lecturer, academic researcher, author of numerous articles and two uh, textbooks. My specialisms are human physiology and pathophysiology as applied to clinical practice. I've also produced many educational videos which are used extensively around the world. In my view, the UK health authorities should pause the current COVID-19 mass vaccine rollout programme due to the risks associated with the vaccines. As time has passed since the early days of 2020, the number of patients hospitalised with COVID-19 infections has continued to decline since its peak in previous waves. This is clearly seen in data published by the UK government and the Office for National Statistics. In addition, the proportion of patients in hospital with COVID-19 is now greater than the patients admitted to hospital for COVID-19. This is true for general hospital admissions as well as intensive care admissions. In other words, most COVID positive patients admitted to hospital now are incidental and were not admitted purely for complications of COVID. As a result of mass infections during the various waves of the pandemic, especially the huge numbers of people infected with the Omicron variant, most people have developed levels of natural immunity to the virus. This natural infection also generates mucosal compartment immunity in the respiratory tract, which the injected vaccines do not. While prior infection does not always prevent symptomatic disease, it does provide levels of protection against severe disease and hospitalisation. This means the overall risk from COVID-19 infection with SARS-CoV-2 is significantly less than it was when the vaccination programs were first instigated. It's important though for a reason, I'll tell you. However, the risks associated with ongoing vaccinations are probably the same as they were in the early stages of the pandemic and mass vaccination programs. If I am correct in this evaluation, this means that the risk of COVID-19 infection has gone down while the risk of vaccination remains the same. This fundamentally alters the risk-benefit analysis of this current mass vaccination programme. I therefore consider 
that the UK government authorities should pause the current mass vaccination programme until a full population scale risk benefit analysis is... A little too late, doctor. A little bit too mm-hmm. late, okay? And the reason why I'm saying that is because there's new study that's come out. These bivalent boosters um, are only inducing one certain type of antibody, not the broad, well, even before them. They're not inducing broad spectrum immunity. What's basically happening is antibody dependent enhancement. Um, and the, the virus, Frank, is the, the body saying, there's nothing going on here. This is a part of me and not attacking this virus as it floods somebody's system and their, their immune system is treating it as though it's a friend instead of an enemy. Yeah. And then it's, I asked on a, um, a space the other night because they had a space with Dr. Gu. I don't know if you know who that guy is. No. He's a very pro-vaccine doctor who's been, you know, he, there's a lot to his story, but he, he agreed to go into a debate with Steve Kirsch and his folks about the vaccines and the safety of them. And I was like, well, good on him. But then I realized what he actually is. And it wasn't really good on him. He, he's a, he's a, either a, a very, very, very dumb man or he's doing this on purpose and hurting people. Just a shill. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, seriously. So they, I got to speak in that space. And so I, I went up and I asked this question, what does this mean for the unvaccinated moving forward, because you're seeing it now. Not only are we seeing measles coming back, we're seeing all kinds of respiratory illness happening and you know, in wide swaths of the population, RSV in, in people that normally handle it like a walk in the park, um, the flu, people getting the flu and COVID at the same time, the flu vovid or whatever they're calling it, flovid or whatever. What does this mean for the unvaccinated people out there who have either natural immunity or have never been infected before? How do we handle whatever mutant COVID strain comes out of these vaccinated people? And that's what I want to know. I don't care. That's what I want to know. <laughs> and, and that and that seems secondary to the other to, to the, the greater fallout that we're watching right now. How, you know, I, I can't stand the headlines about about teenagers dying on Christmas Day anymore. I can't stand it. I. And and to think that it, it may only just be getting started is is terrible. Uh, the died suddenly, like headlines from this year. That's what somebody really should have done. How many died suddenly in their sleep? Died suddenly at home? Died suddenly while jogging? Died suddenly while playing hockey? Died suddenly well? How many of those have there been over the past year? I mean, you could. It's not right. It's terrible. You guys can always go to Ethical Skeptic on here and get some really good numbers about this stuff. Um, he does the S- excess death reports, and honestly, um, I can't. A lot of his stuff is so so scientific and technical. I have to really think about it before I can understand what he's saying. Um, I saw the F, uh, uh, the excess death reports uh, for what what was going on, and then I I went back a little bit further, and I found other charts that went back, and I saw and I and it was really interesting that there was a, ju- a, a not near not nearly as big of a wave, but a smaller wave, but still anomalous around that two thousand eight two thousand nine area, which swine of course flu. if you remember, was that swine flu. Yeah, 
the H1N1. Yep. Uh, and also, we were talking a lot about the um, the 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 other one, the uh, the HPV. Yes, Gardasil. Gardasil, yep. the swine flu. So th- it, it was incredible to to see that that kind of that ebb and flow there. Of course, nothing comparing to the spike of what what's going on right now, and 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 um, how massive that was. You know, Gardasil. There's only one type of person that's getting that. The H one N one or what? Yeah, that that one is uh, still a lot of a lot of elderly people get that. There's still a lot of people who just opt not to get the flu uh, vaccine. The shots well, there. Share but- share has been tri- triple vaxxed, I believe, or boosted at least once in her, her series and got the flu. And she said, "Damn, all of you people! I didn't get the flu shot this year because you guys got in my head about vaccines." And now I have the flu and I'm like deathly ill. No, you're not deathly ill. You just don't feel good. That's what happens when you get the flu. And you also destroyed your damn immune system with the shot. So you're going to have to take extra steps to make yourself well. That normal people just kind of live their life. Like there are ways to make yourself better. And and and, and then of course to blame everybody around you for not, I don't know, for not being all on the same page about something and have different views and have that confuse you into inaction. I thought that you're just, I thought, I thought she's part of the, the group that will offer up her arm for anything that's in a needle. Just go, go, go get them all. You're going to blame everybody else for it. I mean, it was probably the right decision. Ultimately you just got sick. Being sick is not, it's not fun. No, it I don't want to get, I don't want to get sick. I do everything I can to avoid it. So it's not that there's not a denying that people get sick or something goes around. That's the worst part about being alive is being sick. Before we get off the show today in, in 20 minutes or so or 10 minutes or so, I'm going to make you go back and sit on that drum set for a minute. Why? Because I want to hear it. It's it's all it's not it, it doesn't sound like a real it doesn't sound like a drum set. I mean, it's all it's all mesh heads because it's it's low volume. I mean, I can. He's going right now. And then we'll go through the excess death statistics when he's done. It's just. Can't hear shit. (laughs) He looks cool. It's it's, it's the high volume. Even the the symbols. Symbols are. See how quiet that is? Yeah. So I don't wake anybody up upstairs. It's just uh, that's where I do a little bit of at home work on whatever tracks that we're preparing for studio. And you're literally the, Frankie Val on the drums right now. Li- that's why I say it. Oh, that's what it, it, whenever we're I don't know when Anthony started doing it. But when but years ago, whenever we were out playing and there's like some kind of a little interlude in the set and he'll start introducing everybody while we're all playing. And then he uh, threw it through a bat it was my buddy tim in our metal band back in high school called me frankie val on the drums but then anthony started saying when he was the front man of the band and when we started set the charge and frankie val on the drums doing the best he can and, and it just stopped it just started and that's the way it stayed doing the best he can i want to give a huge shout out and thank you to stows no more tube who's stows tube. A- yeah and um also take back burks who give us? Who said uh, ready for all, yielding to none? A USMC call. That's what I'm talking about, baby. Um, just to finish this holiday week, he's saying here 
used a very conservative lag adjust, as one can see with the down hook at the very last week to the right here. All vaccinations, U.S. is high in ENCNC mortality at 15.4%. It's, it's excess death, basically. He says abnormal clinical and lab findings mortality has sustained a 45,000 per week weekly peak. This predicts a sustained arrival of excess non-COVID natural cause mortality, the hallmark of vax-injured nations globally right now. Example, Bulgaria on the right chart is not in this group. So he's basically showing the difference between the numbers. His charts are very hard to understand. Um, 44,700 unposted SADS death records. Records are not being maintained right now because if they were to maintain them, somebody like him would come along and be like, um... Big problem here. Meanwhile, our early season influenza pneumonia mortality has hopefully hit a peak. But with what we have observed about NIH data, holiday reporting can serve to mislead. And non-natural deaths continue their torrid pace above trend, increased 1,230 over last week. As we said in March 2020, this will not come back down fully for a decade or so. Cancer trend fell slightly due to holiday reporting. Notice that if you do not make the adjustments to the CDC data to add back in those cancer uh, MCODs, which were attributed falsely to COVID, the line does not conform to normalized seasonality. Don't like it, this at all. In Non-COVID natural cause mortality increased by 2,500, lower than historical due to the holiday reporting period. Nonetheless, it sustains above 15%, just like most of the highly vaccinated world. Dead citizens from our arrogance. Looks like 1,011,710. Well... If you thought that was bad, Tracy, uh oh, there's something else going on that you need to know about. This woman, and I'm sure that she's not the only one, has been made fat because of white people. Oh my gosh! White, white people have made her fat. No, 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 not again, um, Frank. I know. We just won't stop. We can't keep getting away with this. We. I'm gonna. Are we playing Go this? ahead. Are we playing it? Play it. Go ahead. I mean, do you want to victimize everybody in the audience? Yes. Yes, I do. All right. Prove to you why white people are the reason I'm fat today. If white people didn't go looking for spices, then various sea routes to Indian subcontinent and Africa and other places of the world would not get discovered. And if they didn't get discovered, then East India Company would never come to Indian subcontinent. And if they didn't come, then the fertility of the land would not get destroyed because they forced us to cultivate tobacco and dyes and opioid, things like that. And that destroyed the fertility of my country. <laughs> and then if that didn't happen and if they didn't exploit and extract resources until my ancestors were left with nothing to eat, we wouldn't move to this grain-heavy, very little nutritious diet that we have today. <laughs> also, if white people didn't come to the Indian subcontinent, then my ancestors would not go through 50 small, medium, large famines in a period of 200 years. Okay, I've heard enough of this. 
Yeah. It's yeah, that's all what I'm kind fat. of butterfly effect BS is this nonsense? Oh, it's just it, listen. I, I love I love watching people circle the drain. I love it. I love it. This is a complete loser. And I'm and you know what? And, and for her purposes, for like you said before, in the eyes of the J6 committee, the Oath Keepers are a domestic terrorism group. In this, in the eyes of this, this, this roly poly over here, I am the reason why she's fat. So I would like to ingratiate her and say, "Yes, it was me. It was me the whole time. I was the one that stuffed you full of sugar and butter until your face became distorted." And I'm I'm happy. I'm happy that I made you fat. I just she want to say that before that the year fat, ends. Fat, does she? I mean, well, who knows? She hasn't stepped away from the camera. She she might be. She might have a waddle to her. You never know. I never understood that other people did this to me thing. There's the the whole uh, workout shaming video going around, like fat phobic people at, at the gym, like. Are you going to the gym because you want your butt to look nice? Or are you going to the gym because you know that a healthy gluteus will support your knees and calves? And I'm like. Yes, both. I'm like, I just. Yes. I just want to be healthy, bitch. That's all. Yeah. I want like, to be healthy and I want my ass to look nice. Right. There's nothing wrong with that. And you need you, you should actually strive to do that. I'm yeah, but why? Because but shut up. Go eat. You go over there and eat. I mean, my I know, the only the, the only thing I wish is that that this <laughs> this TikTok girl was eating her meals in a dog bowl. That's the only other thing I wish I could have done to her, aside from making her fat. I wish I could have also forced oh her into the indignity of having to be on hands and knees and eating from a dog bowl without 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 using her her hands. This is a problem, Frank. Our chat is becoming a problem with these freaking bots and this porn stuff coming in. Well, once you hit a certain, I'm telling it's the one thing that Rumble has not has not addressed that. And they have also not addressed the way to to set aside super chats in a separate window so that they don't they don't get lost to the scroll as well. They need better moderating. I have that. Think. You can do that. I click on them and see them again. Where? It, it comes up at the top. Yeah, but it expires. <laughs> Well, what, depending on the amount. Depending on the amount. Like our $10 ones are there. And if I click on them, it brings up this comment. Hmm. Um, but anyway, I'm I'm blocking them as fast as they come in. But this morning is quite, quite bad. Quite bad. I haven't had, we haven't had this happen yet. It happens. I'm sorry, it, guys. It, That's terrible. No, it, it's not. It's just something that needs to be addressed by Rumble. And they're becoming one of the big kids on the block, so it's got to be quick. Yeah, do it. Kathy needs help is right. Hey, listen, guys. It, it was the last show of the year today. I had a grand old time. How about you, Frank? I had a great time. This whole year has been such a great time. What, what has been your favorite thing of the year before we go? Oh, well, the extravaganza was always great. It's always great because it's just a change of scenery and it's good people and it's good air by the sea. But what was the best thing? I don't know. I like the lead up to all of the all of the um, the holidays. I love I love the lead up to Easter and I I love all the summer holidays. I just there's just something about that flow into and out of the seasons that 
it, it it's hard for me to settle on anything solitary. Maybe in other years I'd be able to pick something out, but this year it was a little bit more like I don't know. A blur. It, it was all it was it was a blur and it was all equally important, I guess. My favorite thing that happened with the show this year was us moving to video finally. Oh, live. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. No, that's a game changer. I just I come in here every morning. I don't even bother getting all dolled up. I sit here in front of the camera with no makeup on and my hair like this, and we talk, and it's fantastic. I gotta tell you. Yep. Live. There's nothing like it. Yeah. It's great. Yeah, it's great. So listen, happy new year, everybody. We've got 2023 by the balls already. We're gonna take it and run with it, right? Just like oh, they're little. Okay, like this. <laughs> You have been listening. Oh, you can hear every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at uh, 7 o'clock. Or every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday at 7 o'clock p.m. Frank's show at quitefrankly.tv. You have been listening today to the Dark Delight podcast with... Frankie Val on the drums, doing the best he can. And... Beans! You can hear us again every Monday, Wednesday, Friday at uh, 8.30 a.m. Eastern Time on Rumble and Getter, streaming live for you. Or 2.30 Eastern Time on all podcasting platforms like... Tune in, Stitcher, Apple, iTunes, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and also on RadioInfluence.com. Happy New Year. Are we back on Monday, Frank? Yeah, yeah. See you on Monday. Uh, See you later, Kathy. (laughs) 